Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life, talking about subjects from self-doubt to business to baby father drama, sex and loneliness. I want to ask real questions to my guests about real single mummy life. Can you really be happy? And can you be happy as a mum in general? Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life and the innate goal to try and find real happiness. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys, and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host, Khalifa. Today we have a magnificent man called Orlando Barnett. He has his own company called Four Leaf Cover LTD. Now, um, he actually reached out to me to come onto the podcast, and this is actually his first podcast, guys. So yes, I'm... um, you know, starting stuff. I'm an influencer. (laughs) I just want to say thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on the podcast. Guys, the reason why I haven't actually disclosed why he's on here is because I want him to actually do the explaining. Um, And I feel like the ethos surrounding what he's doing is so beneficial, so impactful, and something that we need to address as single moms, as moms in general, as people of colour, we need to address this. And it's so important. So I have given you the brief introduction. Please let the audience know a bit about yourself and your company. Sure, certainly. So as Philippa introduced uh, myself already, my name is Orlando and I am the CEO of Ford Leaf Cover Limited, which is a life insurance uh, broker. So I'm able to help facilitate Anyone really who wants to look into life insurance or income protection. Tell the audience a bit about your background and kind of what kind what what drove you to to going into life insurance or what gift yeah, was that something that you always you were always passionate about? So numbers has always been my forte. So I've always been in the financial uh, institute uh, from a very young age. Um, now, started off in the banking career and it kind of just veered off into their protection because that's something that I kind of really felt a deep connection with because unlike a lot of the other brokers out there, when they do speak to their clients about life insurance, they tend to relate it from a parent's uh, to child perspective because they are parents themselves. Now, for me, it's a slightly different approach that I take because uh, I'm actually a child who's actually lost a parent at a young age because I was six years old when mum passed away in her early uh, 20s. So I like to approach it from that perspective to give you advice as to what a child actually needs in order to have a solid foundation to um, effectively prosper in life. Wow. So when your mum passed away when you were relatively young, how how did that affect you growing up? How did that, did she have things in place? I take it she didn't have the life insurance. No, she, no she, so she didn't have any form of protection in place. I think that's quite something that's quite, I wouldn't say normal, but for that 
particular age group that wasn't a main concern uh, within our uh, community. And being so young as well, a lot of people do feel nothing could happen to them, but anything can happen to anyone at any uh, any point. Now, for me, with my experience, um, money is not going to solve all the problems, but it sure, surely it would have made it a lot easier in terms of like making sure there's the funeral costs are covered because I did notice a lot of the adults around me were struggling to come up with the funds to facilitate facilitate the burial of my uh, of my mum. Another thing that was kind of quite traumatic as well is being separated from your siblings as well because uh, I had a different dad to my brother and my sister so we kind of went our separate ways. Uh, so that, yeah, it, w- it would have been nice to be growing up with your siblings um, uh, throughout your childhood so you can relate back to a lot of stories, effectively. Wow. So are you close to them now or was it like you had to move to another country? How was the separation process? So the separation actually moved country because my dad uh, effectively uh, migrated to the UK. As to close to them now, yes, I'm very, very close to my brother and sister right now. I think in some sense, it's our mum's death that's actually bringing us a lot closer because without even speaking about it over the years, we shared a lot of the same thought process or healing process. For example, just recently, I was speaking to my brother and both of us were just saying, look, because our mum died when she was 22 years old, when we turned 22, we was absolutely terrified. Like in our mindset, that was the age that we was going to pass away just as much as if you look at your grandparents and they pass away at the age 87, you kind of have that, okay, I can live to that particular age. As a child, you kind of grow up thinking you're going to live to the age 22. And when you hit 22, it is the scariest year of your entire life. So how old are you now then? Today, I'm actually 31. Hey! (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) that's awesome um yeah in regards to what you said about you your your um your mom I one of my very close friends um my son's godfather actually his mom passed away and it wasn't until when his mom passed away that I realized that no I need to get life insurance as a single mom because Mm -hmm. he wasn't able to grieve because she didn't have life insurance and she had tenants in her property and it it was everything was a mess he had to try and get the tenants out he had to the family had to come together to put money for the funeral like it was he couldn't and it's actually even fast forward still affecting him till today because he didn't have time to grieve because there weren't things in place like he had to just run because he had younger siblings so he was the oldest so he had to take yeah. on that responsibility um and it just made me realize then that no we have to think forward we're not invincible we don't have you know we're not fanners we're not going to be collecting <laughs> like things. Um, yeah yeah we, we absolutely not- and that, that grieving process is very very uh important to actually acknowledge uh what's happened now the thing with the life insurance as well that also it does offer um uh, not rehabilitation that's not quite the right term but do you offer like counseling for grieving process grievement services that's yeah. that's that's correct yeah so um that just helps makes it a little bit easier to process the what's actually happened um and process it in a healthy way effectively 
Yeah. So did you did you feel like you had time to process it whilst you were quite young and then migrating over here with your dad? And no, but I wasn't aware of it. That's 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 what's scary as well. It's only upon reflection that you say, "Oh, okay, maybe I did need X, Y, and Z. Maybe I did need my mum at certain points in my life, and I didn't have anyone to go to to be able to either cry to them or vent to them or express how I what I was going through. If that if that mm -hmm. makes sense." Yeah. And so just before we go into the life insurance aspect of it and how important it is and why single moms should get it, I want to just find out about your you growing up without a mum, because as a single mum, like, mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I've shared it on my platform before. My son's dad's not involved. I'm doing it, working, got business. So and I'm trying to put things in place to protect him emotionally. So I you growing up without actually having your mum, how was that? Did it have any effects? Did it have any effects with you relating with women? Like how was that for you, the transitional period? That transitional period never ends, to be perfectly honest with you. Um so I think the positive that I like to take away from because this is actually quite a hurtful topic to even uh, discuss. I'm tr trying not to stumble across my words. Uh, no, sorry. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's important to share the, uh, share share some of these experiences. Uh, so I think for me personally, and also my brother, uh, you become very, very uh, self sufficient and very, very independent very, very quickly. Like within the first year, two years you become very, very independent. Okay. But that prolongs um, to throughout your adulthood, throughout your teenager, to the point you don't really rely or can't really depend on other people because where you've had that loss of that foundation of unconditional love, um, it can never be replaced. Yeah. So that's, that hole is always there and it can never be filled by anyone really I think some of the stuff that my brother experienced and, and I experienced as well we, I kind of see a lot of it is kind of stemming from our mother's death as well of being able to let go and bring someone in and be able to in a way depend on them if yeah. that makes sense do you have kids yourself now no I'm actually terrified to have kids oh my gosh <laughs> that's why <laughs> again it stems from my mother's death same with my brother it stems from our, our, our mother's death um, because me and him also do have some medical conditions as well. So there's always that fear in our head that I don't want to leave uh, a child behind without any kind of parental or father figure uh, 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 there. So it's, yeah, so you, it's hard to kind of get over that. And you're always trying to put measures in place to make sure that they're going to be okay if anything does happen. But that reality is very, very real for us. Yeah. So, and it's even more difficult because of our medical condition. Um, we can't actually get life insurance. So it's kind of ironic in that, in, in that sense, because with my brother's condition to do with his heart. So his risk is slightly increased. Okay. And with my medical condition, it's a genetic and it's kind of undiagnosed. So no one really knows the severity of the condition itself wow. so that that makes it a little bit tricky to get insurance on that uh in that sense yeah I feel like you're gonna have kids soon anyway but all right <laughs> I, I do I really do because everyone 
I speak to with my family members, they're saying you're trying to wait for the right time. And yeah, it isn't there's never the a right time. time. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's never a right time. And the thing is, kids are such a blessing. Like I put up on my social mm. media today, there was a young lady, um, 30 years old. She went to go and tie her, her womb because she says she didn't want to have kids. Um, and she says she never wanted to have kids. But if anyone, and I don't feel like I'm maternal anyway, but when I ha- with my yeah. relationship with my child it's just amazing it just feels so natural and it's difficult to think about yeah. how life was before although I had a little bit more money <laughs> but yeah it's like um, it's just difficult to think about how life was before having a child but yeah let's go backwards a little bit and talk about the fact that having life insurance would have helped protect you um, yeah so can we discuss like what are the main reasons why single mums should consider having life insurance and what kind of policies are available and what what we should look for yeah absolutely so um comes back to the fundamentals then if you are the sole provider that you need to make sure that your children's um basic needs are covered it could be a simple thing as making sure there's a shelter or roof over their, their heads food on the table and you can extend it further and pay for schooling um but one of the things that i will actually keep honing in on from my personal experience will be therapy use some of the life insurance funds to contribute towards therapy because having a strong or or getting your mind correct will create a solid foundation for your child to be able to do anything that they they can they can live up to in life really so that's from my personal experience but the industry standard is focused on making sure there's food on the table and roof over their head and education is facilitated brilliant so what are like some of the misconceptions about life insurance and how can we address it yeah so the most common misconception is either one a uh, life insurance doesn't pay out um, that's not technically true because like 99% or 99.8% of the life insurance policies that are claimed on uh, are paid out. Because think of it this way, how could you dispute someone being dead? You can't. <laughs> Once you've got a death certificate in place, there is no kind of grey area that like, might be alive, might be this. It, no, but so what you've got to ask them is what are the reasons why life insurance won't pay out? Yeah. And the most common reason is there's some sort of, you've not disclosed the correct information. Let's take as, a, as an example, if you know you have cancer and then you've taken out life insurance and not told the insurer that you have cancer and then you pass away from cancer, as you can probably appreciate, they're not going to pay out in that scenario. But how will they find out? Well, they're going to check your medical records. So that's the oh, first no. thing that they check when... Yeah, so that's the first thing that they check when you pass away is their death certificate and their medical records to see what, what what's taking place and how you've passed away. Because it is important to, as part of their risk factors as well, to find out as to what are the most common causes that people are passing away uh, are, are from. So yeah, so that that tackles the first reason. And now, the most common reason as to why life insurance don't actually pay out is actually related to alcohol consumption. So people tend to, yeah, it, most people are surprised by this, but yeah, because again, same same thinking that you've had uh, just now is that how would they know? That's what a lot of people go into the application and uh, thinking. On the current reports, it will show up as to as to what organs has been damaged by the uh, alcohol. 
So all the things will show up at the, time, the length of time you've been drinking. Now, in these scenarios, you tend to be speaking about serious drinkers who's been consuming uh, alcohol on like a regular basis. Uh, some cases like I've had clients that's drinking like one bottle of Jack Daniels a day, not a day, a week. Oh uh, so th- those are more extreme cases that you'll be looking at. Uh, so it's important. Uh, anyone that's doing dry, dry January right now, <laughs> well done. Exactly that, exactly that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's important that whenever discussing life insurance with, uh, with your financial advisor, it's just to be open and honest, and it's their responsibility to find you the right uh, provider because there are some providers that will look at certain conditions more favorable or certain habits more favorable than the other and it's our jobs to make sure we put you with an insurer that's going to pay out yeah another thing i would like to add with the misconceptions as a pure fact that even when i've discussed life insurance with like family members they don't like to discuss death it because it makes it real um yeah and someone said to me, I think, I think it was even my dad that said to me that the, the two certain things in life are taxes and death. <laughs> so, yeah. so why not address it? And I think ultimately, once someone passes away, their kids knowing that mum or dad, whoever thought about them, even up, even past death is such a beautiful gift that you can give someone that I actually have been thinking about you e- even when I pass it's I think it's such a, a wonderful bounce back like look even in death you were considered yeah yeah there's a thing that I like to say is that life insurance is effectively love insurance it's your final way to say to your family look might not be here still but I still got you oh that's beautiful so are there any other common misconceptions about life insurance that you think single mums should hear right now price uh so a lot of people think life insurance is a lot more expensive than uh yeah they just got a preconceived notion that it's going to be very very uh, uh expensive so just to give like a rough guideline so if you're going to insure yourself for three hundred thousand pounds over 25 years if you're within like the age of in your 20s you're looking roughly around five pounds 20 pounds five pounds 20 pence per month if you're in your 30s you're looking around £9.50 uh, per month. In your 40s, you're looking around £20. And the 50s, you look around £50. So as you can see, the older you get, because you're a little bit closer to stepping into the into the grave pit, it does get a bit more expensive. So it's important that you lock in your life insurance as early as possible to get the most or the cheapest rates. I really thought it would be more expensive. No, it's a lot. It's a lot more cost effective than what people uh, think. It's effectively like the, the cost of a takeaway a month. So, could yeah. you sacrifice a takeaway to make sure that your your, your kids are going to be financially sufficient if yeah. you weren't around it? So, another question I would like to ask: When should a single mom get life insurance? Should it be as soon as she finds out she's pregnant, after the baby comes, or when the child is ten, fifteen? What What's the best age for cost to be cost effective? As soon as possible. So effectively yesterday. Yesterday. Um, now, yeah. <laughs> now, the, the thing is that a lot of people aren't aware of as well. With certain policies, whether it be life insurance or critical illness cover, they offer some level of protection for your child during the pregnancy as well. So if you experience any sort of complications, wow. the life insurance uh, can pay out to help assist uh, with that as well. But again, speak to your financial advisor and ask them about any kind of insurers that do offer that. Uh, off the top of my head, I believe it's Guardian who uh, specialise in that. 
Okay. And do you have any like suggestions? Because obviously you grew up with your your dad in regards to what do you think parents should have in place before they have a baby? What's uh, what suggestions? Um, yeah, like what would you have? Because liked I would happen. I wouldn't know. That's the questions that I probably ask you as an experienced <laughs> uh, mother and themselves. That what would you suggest that I, someone should have in place? Uh, like I like what you've touched upon in regards to make sure you are emotionally stable because having a child is the most emotionally taxing thing you would ever do on this earth. Um, make sure, yeah, you you have a therapist. <laughs> make sure you start saving. Don't buy unnecessary things because that's what I did buying designer gear and stuff, and the kids just grow out of it. And also save. Have an emergency fund have a financial yeah. advisor, have a trust and also start buying stocks. All the buggies and designer stuff, like if you were to buy stocks in that for your kid whilst they were a baby, they'll be they'll be laughing. Get an ISA for, for your kid. Yeah. You get child yeah, benefit. It's, it's... Yeah, you get child benefit every every week, which is twenty pounds. To make sure that make okay, every week I'm gonna put ten pounds of that money into some stocks for my kid. It's the the consider compound effect when you're when you have kids. Just think ahead. That's the one thing I would say to any single mom listening or any pregnant mom listening. Plan and yeah, you you'd be laughing down the line. So. Absolutely, and you've you've nailed it right ahead with the uh, ISIS, but especially with the junior ISIS, because they do just have some really great interest rates uh, uh, on those. And if there are any parents or children. Uh, that's between the ages of 12 and 20, it might be worthwhile checking any any kind of government savings schemes that your parents might have set up for you uh, historically because they are quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of accounts that's out there at the moment that's not yet been claimed on. And it could be something like an extra 500 pounds or thousands of pounds actually, uh, depending on how much your parents or grandparents uh, set up for you in the past. The single mums that are listening, they know why getting life insurance is impo- is, is is important. Um, where should they go? I know you've mentioned a financial advisor. So where where would I go for to, to- well? Well, most people's first step is uh, Google. <laughs> but speaking to me directly, I think working with you, what we're willing to do as well is offer us a preferential rates uh, for single mamas as uh, coming through via yourself. I do understand at the moment the cost of living is hitting everybody hard. And I'm going to do my part just to try and make it as uh, cost efficient for you guys as well. Brilliant. So where can people find you on social media, reach out to you to get some more information about life insurance and yeah, just get become more informed? Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit our website, which is fortleafcover.co.uk. That's F O U R L E A F C O V E R dot co dot UK. It often gets mis miscommunicated as clover, but it's color. Oh, okay. no worries I just want to say thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on the happy single moms podcast every single mom listening should get life insurance please get it contact him do your research protect your wonderful babies protect yourself as well and yeah just plan your life plan it absolutely absolutely even if it's the case that 
not necessarily you have to get it at this stage, but I would say it's important to at least have the conversation so you're aware of your options mm-hmm. and then you can make a decision as to what's right for uh, for you from there. Definitely. And I keep on saying planning your life, but if we just consider just the pandemic and how life is so fleeting and how one minute we're fine, next minute we're being locked in our houses, and there's this yeah. disease that's killing killing people. So anything can happen anything can happen we cannot predict tomorrow so hence why resources like podcasts your website you actually reaching back out and helping single moms is such an amazing thing to pay it forward there are companies out there people out there devoting their time pay it forward to your children pay it forward to yourself even if it's just to do the research go ahead and do it because it will benefit you not only yourself and it would benefit your kid as well so that's my little speech done <laughs> thank you so so much and